Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, guys, at this point, we have made our way through most of the offseason, and we are now chatting with the folks who made it to Durham. Tonight, we start off with Grandview head coach Joe Woodley. Coach, how you doing tonight? Well, doing doing great, Corey. We got a little uh, got a little Florida weather here today. It was uh, I've been out watching softball. I got three daughters and watching them all weekend do their thing. And it was I think it was 50, 54, 55 degrees yesterday. And uh, just got out of my truck. It was about ninety four on my on my temperature deal in my truck. So um, yeah, Iowa. We we just can't get it right weather wise. So. But uh, nonetheless, uh, other than that, doing good, man. Good to have, uh, good to be here. And uh, like I mentioned to you before we got on, I've been listening to most of these and uh, just so appreciative of what you do and uh, appreciative of all the other coaches as well, making our product a uh, national product. And uh, and obviously you're helping us do that. So uh, again, appreciate you having me and uh, look forward and look forward to uh, visiting with you. Well, Coach, it's it's our pleasure, and thank you for, for coming on. Um, just taking a look back real quick at the season that was in 2021. You know, looking back in that Week Zero game against Central Methodist, counting them, obviously, there were four teams on your schedule that either made it to the playoffs or were ranked in the top 25 at the time of the game. Talk to me about that that schedule and how that sets you up for playoff success. Yeah, no, I you know that that game uh, that that opener we had, I, I knew that was going to be a a scary game uh, just because you know I, I think they've done a heck of a job down there at Central Methodist and uh, Coach Callaway's you know he he's really built that thing from the ground up and uh, I know they were pretty veteran heavy last year uh, when we played them. And, and I think they're losing a handful of guys, I guess, who knows anymore with the COVID year and all that. But just on paper, I knew they had a lot of seniors uh, heading into that game. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate. I felt very fortunate to get out of there with a the win, even though it was at home. And uh, I remember mentioning to, um, well, I can't remember which coach I mentioned it to on the south side of our league, but but he had just asked me what, what he had thought of everybody because they were getting ready to play uh, the south side, because we, we play all the south teams first and then the north, uh, being in the north. So I just told him, I said, man, you know, Central Methodist was certainly uh, all around, uh, I thought, the most talented team uh, that, that we had played uh, in the south side. And, uh, of course, that came to fruition, and uh, they, they made the playoffs and had a heck of a run, heck of a first-round game, I know, up there against Northwestern. And um, so uh, it's tip of the cap to them. And then you know, uh, our league just, uh, you know, kind of all the way through uh, every year is uh, is a battle. And uh, I just think there's a lot of good coaches in this league. And 
you know, you'd mentioned the, the, the ranked teams that we played and, um, you know, you always got to start with Baker and Benedictine on that side of the league. And uh, of course, I think Mid-Americans uh, getting much better. Evangel, um, you know, they, they've always, I've always had a lot of respect for them. And of course, Missouri Valley's, uh, you know, a, a historic program. And, um, you know, and then on our side, you've got kind of some upstart teams. I think kind of a surprise team last year a little bit was Peru State. Uh, probably one of the better defenses I thought we saw. Uh, I, I've seen in a long time uh, at this level, and I've been around uh, 14, 15 years, and uh, just just awfully impressed with the personnel that they had. Because uh, of course they didn't play. I think they may have played a couple games in 2020, so we weren't real familiar with it. And I think they kind of surprised some teams with uh, with with what they had personnel wise, and uh, especially over on the defensive side of the ball, and then. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Culver Stockton, William Penn, um, you know, those are, uh, you know, just some uh, – we've always had tough games with those programs. and uh, But, but you know, we were able to make it through. We dealt with a lot of injuries a year ago. And not that not that everybody else doesn't uh, deal with the same things, but, but we dealt with it in some places that it's hard to create a lot of depth at this level, and that's up front. And But, you know, that's credit to our, our players, our coaches, uh, fighting through all those things. And, uh, by the time we got to the playoffs, um, you know, for the most part, we were healthy, even though we had lost some, uh, I thought, some really good skill players early on in the year with, uh, you know, Jensen and Avery Gates not being able to play. And, uh, and of course, Brandon Martin, who was a really good player for us in 2020. Uh, we lost all those. Well, we lost Avery before the season even started. Jensen about fifth, sixth game of the year. And uh, and Brandon, we lost him after the fourth game of the year. So it would have been nice to have all the pieces down the stretch. But I also realized uh, nobody's uh, super healthy. Uh, but but when you have those uh, kind of difference makers, uh, you're, you're, you're hoping they're there uh, down the stretch. We didn't have them. But uh, uh, but all in all, we had guys step up and just, just certainly proud of, uh, you know, getting to where we got to last year. Of course, there's disappointment of how it ended. Uh, but But, man, the journey was sure fun. And. Uh, getting an opportunity to go down to play at Lindsey Wilson in the semis and uh, play that ball game there and, and, and find a way to win that at the end uh, was, was certainly a, a little bit of feather, feather in our guy's cap. And, you know, of course, the other two playoff games leading up to that. So it was um, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to the opportunity. A little time off, uh, I think, has, uh, you know, been well earned. Uh, we played uh, 18 games. Um, you know, uh, in 2020, 2021, however you want to look at it. Uh, so uh, it, it's been a long year. Uh, it's been a long year. And, uh, and then you kind of get right into to spring ball. And, uh, you know, we had such terrible weather here in the state of Iowa. We don't have an indoor facility. Uh, plus, we practice early in the morning. So it uh, made it even worse. So we got we got a lot of work done. Uh, probably, probably could have used maybe a little bit more. But at the end of the day, we got out of there. Uh, extremely healthy, uh, probably the healthiest we've ever been coming out of spring practice. So um, uh, just just looking forward to the summer. Our guys are on break right now. They got done with school last week, and uh, we'll we'll resume uh, summer workouts here starting uh, starting in June. Uh, and our interest level uh, with our kids staying on campus is at an all time high. I think we're up to uh, about sixty seven guys that are staying on campus uh, to work out this summer, and I. Uh, you know, I, I think those are the kind of the hidden things that, you know, can kind of create an edge for a program. And, um, you know, we there, there's an all-time 
high of buy-in right now because I think our guys are pretty hungry and uh, especially with how the last few seasons have ended. So uh, just uh, just looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to already miss them. Uh, looking forward to getting them back and, um, you know, kind of getting going with the summer and then, uh, you know, getting into camp in August. Well, one of your key pieces there, especially against when, when you talk about against Lindsey Wilson that I, I think may, may have caught Lindsey a little bit off guard was Johnny Sullivan. I mean, in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, he was – mid 200s in, in yardage and and you were playing your very grand view game with a lot of uh, you know a very run heavy offense you come out against Lindsey Wilson and uh, Sullivan's chucking it around the the lot so talk about your offense coming back obviously headlined there by Johnny Sullivan coming back for one last run um, you know joining the backfield by by the duo of, of Hill and Scott talk about what you got coming back and uh, what excites you about this offense yeah, um, you know, I'd, I'd made mention, Corey, that Johnny was probably our best recruit of the offseason. And because, uh, you know, he, he's already he's already darn near got his master's degree finished. He, I mean, he's been here a little bit, but uh, he's going to utilize that uh, sixth year. Uh, I think he's uh, he, he's just a special kid, uh, ultra competitive. And uh, like I mentioned, I think just kind of how last year ended uh, just just left a you know kind of a bad taste in his mouth and. Uh, he just wants to keep playing. You only get to play this game so long. And, um, you know, and I think he decided, you know, because we, we do have, a, you know, some pieces coming back that, uh, you know, that I think, you know, where we can be special. And, and he wanted to be a part of that. And um, so uh, very excited about him uh, on the offensive side. And uh, we, we lost a couple offensive linemen, but I feel like we've uh, handled some of those needs within recruiting and even some things we're, we're still working on a couple guys here this summer that I feel really good about, um, you know, and then we got underclassmen that have kind of waited their turn and, you know, it, it's crazy. Uh, sometimes freshmen to sophomore, they flip a switch and, um, you know, they become a different football player. And those are the things we're going to try to accomplish this summer with those guys. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the running backs, I think Ali uh, really kind of burst onto the scene uh, last year and uh, didn't play much the year before. Um, you know, he was, um, you know, working through some things, um, you know, with us and kind of kind of working into our good graces, so to speak. And, and he has and uh, real proud of him. And uh, he, he's a terrific, terrific kid. And uh, he, he's a hell of a football player. And I uh, thought he had a great year and uh, played. A, he plays a real physical style and certainly got enough speed to make a play, um, you know, down the field. And uh, and then we've just got some steady guys behind him. You mentioned Casey Hill. Uh, I know I had previously mentioned Avery Gates uh, that that didn't get to play, uh, and he played as a true freshman in 2020. So uh, we we certainly got some guys we feel good about at running back and. Uh, Arthur Braden's a guy that's, um, you know, he, he's been in our program, uh, knows what we're doing. Uh, and we've certainly got some other guys that are that are ready to step in because that running back, you know, we're for the most part by committee. I think Ali handled a lot of it down the stretch. But uh, to get through a season, uh, I, I think you've got to be a little bit by committee to keep guys fresh and because uh, they, they certainly take a lot of hits. But, uh, um, you know, and then out of receiver, I know I had made mention of Brandon Martin earlier. Uh, he, he's able to uh, to get that year back, um, at least to our knowledge as of this point. Um, so we're, we're excited about getting Brandon back. I mean, he's a special player that we had in 2020. And uh, like I said, the injury uh, affected him early on. But 
uh, feel good about him. Uh, but but I think another guy, a couple guys that uh, uh, really showed themselves, uh, especially down the stretch. In the you know the semis, the national championship, all throughout the playoffs. Gerald Sama, uh, number one. Uh, Gerald Sama is a local kid from here in Des Moines, and um, he, uh, he he certainly played his best football down the stretch and. A lot of big plays. I think we scored on the third play of the game against Lindsey Wilson down there, and he, uh, you know, it was an 80-yard touchdown. We were backed up, and uh, we were able to, you know, make something happen there with Gerald. And uh, so, uh, and then Seth Jewell uh, played really well, especially in the national title game. Uh, he played well uh, in, in, in the Lindsey Wilson game. I feel good about him and another kid from Des Moines. But uh, and then, you know, uh, like I said, we we just got a number of guys. Uh, Nate Wilcoxon, uh, you know, kind of our tight end type player, uh, another kid uh, from uh, from the Des Moines area that, that we're awful uh, excited about his future. Carson Rollinger, uh, another kid that uh, he, I think he had three, six third down catches in the playoffs uh, for first downs, and uh, he was Cole's brother. Cole was a safety for us that um, uh, is no longer, uh, he, he graduated, and Carson's kind of been a guy that Waited his turn, uh, you know, waited till he, I mean, shoot, he's a you know, junior uh, and he didn't start playing, probably uh, getting significant minutes till probably second half of the year last year. So just real proud of him and his growth and, and just his determination, patience, all those things. So I uh, feel pretty good about the receiving core and I think Johnny does too. And, um, you know, and, uh, and I know he spends an awful lot of time with those guys. So um, pretty excited about uh, what what we are bringing back on offense, you know, a couple holes in that offensive line, and uh, but but we'll uh, you know we'll we'll figure it out just like we always have. So, unlike your offense, it looks like you've got a couple of holes that you've got to fill defensively, uh, whether that be at your linebacker spot with Whelan and Buffelli, um that are leaving you, or you already mentioned Cole Rollinger, uh, David Tolentino at, at corner. Uh, Cam Maxfield at your defensive end position. You've got a lot of, of holes that you're going to have to fill on your defense. Talk to me about how you're going to get that next man up. Yeah, um, you know, you, you certainly mentioned some guys that I uh, uh, wish I had back, but I think I say that every year and, you know, guys just kind of step up and uh, fill in, um, you know, and I feel like we've done a good job of that over the years. Um, you know, and the good thing, um, you know, I, I don't want to say it was a good thing, but you know, uh, you, you mentioned Nate Whelan. He was a first-team All-American in 2020, and um, you know Nate missed about six games a year ago, which allowed us to to get a true freshman on the field, a uh, kid by the name of Nate Ewell. Uh, he's a he's a Waterloo West kid. Uh, Waterloo's here in Iowa, and uh, he, he's a, he's a kid. Frankly, I feel like we kind of stole in the recruiting process. I was a little surprised that um, you know that he was um, available and um, and willing. Um, you know, to, to, you know, to be very honest. And uh, he really burst on the scene. I think he, you know, he was one of the guys that every coach, you know, that I would, that I would visit with before the games, like, man, where did this guy come from? And uh, he, he certainly solidified himself as, as kind of our next Mike linebacker, which, which Nate Whelan was. And, um, and we're, we're super excited about him. We've got another kid uh, that's bumping in at our other linebacker spot that uh, another Again, another kid that's kind of waited his turn, another local kid. And, um, you know, just – and that's what you like to see, uh, the development within the program, and uh, especially guys that kind of wait their turn, you know you're going to get their best shot. So, 
uh, feel good about the linebacker position. Kyler Kluge's a, uh, he's an outside linebacker for us. He'll be back again. Uh, played a lot of football for us. Um, uh, there's a you know actually it's Johnny's cousin, uh, uh, one of our, our our defensive ends, Rocky Schoenfelder, and uh, Rocky. Um, you know he's one of our best football players all around. Just uh, very physical, tough, mean. Uh, motor never stops, and uh, just just real excited about Rocky here moving forward. I mean he started. Uh, whatever, 15 games a year ago, and uh, I think he's going to be uh, even better this year. He's added some strength and some size. So, uh, Kai Mosley has has been a two-year starter for us at defensive tackle. Um, you know, feel feel good about it, feel great about him. To be perfectly honest, I think he may have even had a sack uh, in the national title game, if, uh, if my mind serves me correctly. So. Uh, and then we we were able to bring in a transfer uh, defensive tackle that we feel good about, uh, as well as a kid that played for us a lot last year, played a lot in the national title game uh, as a true freshman, Aaron Brown. Uh, he's from a powerhouse down in Houston, uh, Galena Park, North Shore. I think they've won five or six of the last national uh, state championships down there. And uh, it's not easy to play as a true freshman, especially on the defensive line. And he stepped in and played really good football for us. So feel good about him coming back. Um, you know, and then secondary wise, um, you know, we, we, we lost Cole. Uh, I think Cole might've been a second team all American a year ago. And, um, but, uh, you know, there, there's guys there that are ready to step up and it's a battle right now. At one of the spots, uh, and you mentioned, uh, Gianni, uh, at the other safety spot, Gianni played a great football, um, you know, all year last year. And, uh, he, by trade, he's a corner, uh, but we moved him to safety and, uh, he, he took it to another level uh, last fall, um, and I think he may have even had an interception or uh, fumble recovery or something in that national title game. So, uh, uh, really good football player. Again, he's another player from Houston, Texas, uh, at Katy High School, which is another powerhouse down there. So, uh, uh, Gianni's going into his fourth year, so he, he's played a lot of winning football for us, and uh, so we feel pretty good about what's back there. And both of our corners that, that started – uh, well, may not have started the national title game, but uh, uh, one of them did. Felix King started, uh, and then DJ Luckett uh, actually. He, he, I know he had an interception in the in the championship game. So uh, we feel good about those those corners that we've got. Uh, we've got some younger guys that are stepping up, and uh, and we brought in I don't know probably six transfers total uh, for all positions uh, at semester time, and I don't think we missed on a single one. Uh, so, so they're going to provide us some depth uh, at all the spots that we felt needed to be addressed. So, um, you know, I uh, again, you never know until you see the product going. But uh, we we do have a lot of guys on both sides of the football that have played a lot of uh, played a lot of winning football, played in some big games, and uh, and those are the types of things that matters. You know, uh, when when you kick off that first game of the year, there's that confidence and poise and uh, the, all the things you're looking for and. Uh, and our and our guys, uh, I feel good about where we're at in that regard. So one thing that you mentioned earlier was playing Evangel. Well, Evangel is you know not too much longer for the heart at this point, moving out to the KCAC in, I believe, 23. And you bring in to kind of replace them, uh, Missouri Baptist there, uh, formerly of the MSFA. Uh, I, I think this is like the biggest moving around of teams that I've seen since we started covering this. Talk to me about the uh, the changes there to the heart and how that's going to impact y'all's level of play. 
Yeah, you know, I, you know, first and foremost, I, uh, other than the, 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 the length of the trip down to Evangel, uh, I'll, I'll certainly miss, uh, playing against them. And, uh, I, I've got an awful lot of respect for, uh, uh, coach Heppola down there. He, he's done a really, really good job. That guy has been a coach a long time. And, um, you know, in Evangel, when we first started playing them, uh, in this league, uh, they're not, they're nowhere near, um, you know, with where he has them right now. Uh, they, they are competitive in every game. They, they, they play, uh, a full 60 minutes. Um, they grind it out, you know, they shorten the game. They're great on special teams. So, um, you know, I'll miss that strategic part of, of playing against them. I certainly won't miss the, you know, and I know I'm, you know, not many people are feeling sorry for me on here because I know what some road trips are like in the NAIA, but, uh, that, that one down to Evangel, I think it's, you know, it's approaching six hours. So I know that's nothing to some folks, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the only thing I'm not going to miss about them. But I, uh, I, I think they've been a great, uh, great member of this league. And, uh, again, I, I just got a lot of respect for the way they play and how they coach. And so I'll, I'll miss them in that regard. And, uh, to be very honest, I, I don't, I'm not very familiar with Missouri Baptist, uh, we were in the mid states, um, you know, from whatever 2009 to uh, 2014, I believe it was, and uh, we never played them, um, so uh, don't 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 really know much about them. I think they're down in uh, the St. Louis area, so we swap. You know, that St. Louis isn't quite six hours, so it's a li- it's a little closer. So uh, we just swap a little bit, uh, you know, about an hour there. So. Uh, but I, they, they seem to make sense uh, for the league on paper. Uh, other than that, again, I, I haven't read uh, uh, too much into them. I'm probably dig into them a little bit more this off season, uh, trying to get familiar with them and uh, what they what they're all about. But uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be good. I, I just like the fact that we found somebody uh, to replace them and uh, we stay at that even number. I really lo- uh, like how our schedule is set up in this league. You play everybody on the south. You get a bye week, uh, and then you you know you play your kind of true conference side, and uh, uh, it's a pretty darn good setup. I know a lot of coaches out there at this level have a hard time scheduling games, and um, so I I certainly appreciate how our league is set up. Um, you know that's one less headache uh, I have as a head coach is uh, to try and find a game. So, uh, but I'm excited uh, to say the least. So it'll be good. So uh, if if you've listened to our uh, podcast this year, you know, uh, you kind of know what my final question is going to be. It's kind of been the same for everybody. Um, but how does, how does Grandview, uh, you know, being in a bigger city in Iowa, uh, you know, might have some of those, um, that, that might be a pro or a con for you, but how does, how does Grandview connect with alumni, both athletic and, and just your, your fan alumni to create that ongoing support, both on the field on game day, and then off the field to, to get the facilities and the investment that uh, an athletic department needs? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I've heard you ask that question. And, um, you know, I don't, the, the, the thing about our alumni, uh, you know, Grandview didn't have football until 2008. So there, there's not a big uh, base like a lot of these schools out there. But, but believe me, it's something that uh, is extremely important to us, and and the neat thing is, is I've been here uh, for for every single football player that's been through this program. So uh, certainly, you know, and I stay in touch with all those guys. We've got some things in place. 
Uh, we, we've got one of our uh, part-time coaches that, that, that really helps out in that. I got a full-time coach that's assigned to, um, you know, keeping that connection. We have events uh, throughout the year where we get together with them. Um, you know, there's things we do during the season after games, the night before games. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in, in, you know, reconnecting with former players. Um, you know, the, the, the fan participation and things like that. I just don't know that we've been around uh, long enough to be perfectly honest. And, um, you know, but, but I, I know we have a, you know, a marketing and alumni relations group on campus. Uh, and I know they do their part, uh, as far as reaching out to folks, but, um, you know, we, we probably do a lot of the same things, uh, these other schools are trying to do probably, uh, you know, we, we don't have. 40 assistant coaches like they do at the division one level where that's like their only job. So, uh, you know, we, we pick and choose those moments where we get to work on that type of stuff. And I think it makes it a little more special uh, when you do do it. Um, so um, yeah, it, it's something we're constantly working on something we're uh, trying to create better ideas for. And, um, and hopefully we get to a point, you know um, you know, you mentioned something with facilities and I think that day's coming for us. Um, you know, our, our school just purchased, uh, 20 acres of land, uh, just, just North of campus. Um, so, um, they, they haven't, uh, determined exactly what's going to be there. I'm using my imagination. Um, so, uh, I, I guess I'm hopeful in that regard. So, uh, I, you know, I, it's something that, you know, I'm, you know, I think this school is, uh, I think they know they need, you know, we, we've, you know, our facilities have been, uh, you know, we're, we, we share uh, with, with a school, a high school, and, um, you know, sometimes, and it's been a great relationship, but, uh, uh, but, but, but I do know, um, you know, just like any coach on here, you know, we all want something to, to kind of call our own and everybody, especially in the state of Iowa, you want to, you want an indoor facility and, you know, you, you gotta be, you know, there, there's always things in your mind that, that you feel like can make your job better and all that. But uh, I, I do know, uh, I, I know Grandview is a great, great place. It's a great job. We're in a great location. You know, there's a lot of things that, that sell itself here, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly uh, excited to see what's on the horizon. That's for sure. Well, coach, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. Looking forward to, to watching what the heart has to offer next season. And, you know, we're, uh, we're getting to the, to the end of these, I think next week, uh, next week I'm going to have on the flag football national champion, uh, leaving in a couple days from, when this will, or the next day from when this will come out, heading up to Atlanta to go, uh, go watch that, and then uh, hopefully get Steve Ryan on, and then uh, it's downhill from there with previews of of divisions, and we're gonna get some helmet thudding and some some pad hitting around here pretty soon. Yeah, you bet. I'm looking forward to it. And again, Corey, thanks for everything and uh, everything that you do. Uh, I know I mentioned on the last time we talked, how uh, it, it was good to finally meet you down in uh, in Durham and. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it just shows a lot of, uh, effort on your part. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for the rest of the coaches, players, uh, just, uh, just a tip of the cap to you, man. We, we appreciate everything you do and, uh, hopefully, uh, you're here to stay with us. And if there's ever anything uh, we can do to kind of keep this going, uh, just, just let us know. And I'm sure most coaches would get on board with, uh, we're trying to figure out uh, some way to, to keep this going. So, again, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. 
Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.